Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, welcome family. Friday show. Jesus 911 with Justin and Anita. Got a lot to talk about. Yes. There's, there's the St. Michael the Archangel movie that's a one day release. We'll talk about that. We'll talk also about the uh, consequences of pagan rituals. Mm -hmm. Consequences yes. for you personally and even for a priest, even for a prelate. Right. And then there's also a good article written by an Egyptian Protestant pastor named Michael Youssef where he talks about the Antichrist. Everything he says are tracks with what the Catholic Church teaches as well. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be an exciting show, and uh, just stay with us so you can we can get a, we're going to get a deep dive into those articles. Yeah, and um, let's talk a little bit about Saint Padre Pio today. Today, yeah, is Padre his, Pio is his feast day. Saint Padre Pio, pray, pray for, for us. Uh, actually, his memorial. It says memorial. Uh, Pius was born in Francesco, a prior a poor farm worker in Portellini. Italy. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. From a young age, he longed to become a, a capuchin. His father traveled to America to earn the money to support his son's vocation. In 1903, he took the capuchin habit, and he was ordained seven years later. From 1918 to his death, Brother Beale aboard the visible stigmata, the wounds of Christ, a gift he prayed to have removed but finally accepted. His fame spread widely, and and with this came suspicion, false accusations, and repeated investigations by the Holy Father. Sorry, this is a really small print, so that's yeah. why I'm having problems reading it. Yeah, it is. Um, it is under the cross that one learns to love. He said Brother Pio died in 1968. St. Padre yeah. Pio, pray for us. And by the way, yes, making the movie of St. Padre Pio, that actor... Uh, LaBeouf, what's yeah. his name? Um, uh, uh, Shiloh? Shiloh LaBeouf. Yeah. As a result of making that movie, he conver he's converting to the Catholic faith. But not only is he converting to the Catholic faith, he's converting to traditional Catholicism. Right. Yes. He's he really did. fallen in love with the Latin Mass. Yes, he did. And, uh, and he had an interview with uh, a Bishop Barron, and Bishop Barron would just like... You could tell he was perplexed how a young mm -hmm. guy like him could fall in love with yeah. the Latin Mass. And that's what happened, too, also uh, with the JP2 movie... Um, uh, Angela Jolene's father. Um, yes. Uh, uh, but anyways, yeah. It'll come to me. Yeah, it'll come. <laughs> he also went doing that movie. He was already Catholic, but it just, uh, he went through his conversion through that uh, film. Yes. But, so, hey. see, films could uh, uh, convert you in a positive and a negative way. Oh, yeah. Mo and, most um, of a negative because yes. most of the stuff that comes out of Hollywood is garbage. Absolutely, it is. But we want to talk about a positive film. Mr. Yes. Engineer, can you play the video at St. Michael the Archangel? It's a documentary film. Can you play the clip? The life of a Christian on earth is a struggle, a fight. We are threatened by various dangers. It was the evil that crushed me, which never allowed me to be truly free. St. Michael is the breath of the Holy Spirit who will defeat the Antichrist and all evil spirits. Well, after the Holy Trinity and Mary, St. Michael is the most powerful being of God. 
tell everyone that I grant all graces, that I have great power as the one who stands before God. A happy nation in which St. Michael the Archangel is venerated. Here, one comes to seek answers to the question of the meaning of our life. It is worth knowing that on this path, we have a discreet companion. St. Michael, meet the angel. In select movie theaters only on September 29th. There it is. Yep. And Maybe so if meant, uh, more people go, they might extend it. Yeah, that's what they usually do. If yes. they get a lot of people going September yeah. 29th only, mm -hmm. they'll open it up to more movies. So we as Catholics, we have to more just... More days, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. More, so we have to infiltrate these theaters mm -hmm. so that people could see, wow, these Catholics really like these movies. Mm -hmm. uh, this film documentary is made by uh, several Italian, uh, I mean, Polish Catholics. You can mm -hmm. see when you read the credits, Yeah, uh, there are a bunch of good Polish Catholic brothers that made the movie. But what do we know about the movie, Anita? Okay, the documentary film about St. Michael the Archangel, the writer said faithful, they are faithful and, cler and the clergy of the Catholic Church in the places of revelation and veneration of St. Michael the Archangel. They discover the mystery, the first among the angels of light, the testimony of faith, the history of the church, architecture and art in Christian culture bring viewers closer to the extraordinary figure of Archangel Michael. The, document, the, the documentary stimulates reflection on the reality of the world of the angels of God and the ecclesiastical mission fulfilled by their leader. So the and it's being eschatological. In, eschatological. Yeah, eschatological. Means end time, end time stuff. End time stuff. Oh, those difficult words. Yeah. Mm. So that's premiering in Puerto Rico, Poland, the UK, and here in the USA on September 29th. What a perfect day that is! The feast of Saint Michael, and um, right now many of you are doing the the, the novena to the holy angels. Especially, specifically to St. Michael. Start at the 20th. Yeah, the 20th. It, it ends mm -hmm. the 29th, the feast is, day of St. Michael. And this is perfect because we're entering into uh, the, well, we've already entered in uh, the campaign of voting. So we need the protection of St. Michael to protect all the integrity, the integrity of the elections. That's what we're looking at. Integrity mm -hmm. elections. We, of course, we want uh, the pro-life candidates to win. That's our goal. Because life is, you can't, you, there's no cost on life, you know. That's we right. need, we need pro-life um, candidates to win. So who the best um, warrior angel to call on us? St. Michael. St. Michael. Let me talk a little bit about the St. Michael the Archangel Chaplet. People ask about that all the time. Yeah. It's a spiritual warfare chaplet against demons. The, the St. Michael the Archangel Chaplet, is needed especially when you feel the pushback from the enemy mm -hmm. and when you feel discouraged. The St. Michael Chaplet is very effective. It's, uh, as Dan Snyder says, it should be used as needed, for example, when movement is needed quickly. In military language, this is like a claymore mine used to halt the enemy's infiltration, or when soldiers retreat, they blow up a bridge with C4 after they've crossed it to prevent mm -hmm. their enemies from attacking them. Since we don't know which choir of demons is attacking us, the chaplet invokes each choir of angels to militate directly to the situation. So if we're up against a principality-class demon that may be militating against our vocation, by invoking principalities as part of the chaplet, 
we often get some positive movement, and by asking for obedience, they bring that charism to the situation. Remember, angels go where they are called, and demons go where they're not resisted. So the chaplet of St. Michael invites the nine choirs of angels in order, and they bring their charism, which is antithetical to the demons of whatever class are operating against your daughter, your family, and your marriage. Yeah, so the chaplet of St. Michael also invokes the three known archangels from Scripture. They also engage in which ones are, which are the three known angels from Scripture, archangels. It's Raphael included and Gabriel. And so they engage and come to our assistance as well. The chaplet also fosters a greater devotion to our guardian angels and keeps them active and present to the situation in hand. The chaplet of St. Michael is a wonderful way to honor St. Michael, the archangel, along with other nine choirs of angels. So what, what, and, what do we mean by the choirs? Mm-hmm. What do we mean by the choirs? It seems that God has created various orders of angels. Sacred scripture distinguishes nine such groupings. You have the seraphim, the cherubim, thrones, dominions, powers, virtues, principalities, archangels, and angels. There may be more groupings, but these are the only ones that have been revealed to us. The seraphim is believed to be the highest choir, the most intimately united to God, while the angelic choir is the lowest. So that's what uh, uh, Lucifer was part of, he was the a, seraphim. He was a right? seraphim. He was a yeah, seraphim. That's the tradition of the church. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. The chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel is also called the Rosary of the Angels. It's a chaplet resulting from a reported private revelation by the Archangel Michael to the Portuguese Carmelite nun, mm-hmm. Antonia de Astonaco. The chaplet was approved by Pope Pius IX in 1851. St. Michael promised the following benefits to those who would pray off in the nine special invocations to the nine choirs of angels to honor him and to, gl- to glorify God. An angel from each choir will accompany you as you approach Holy Communion. And along with St. Michael, Holy Angels will provide continual assistance mm-hmm. during your lifetime. What a good promise. After death, you will be delivered from purgatory. What a beautiful promise. That is beautiful. Wow. These benefits and blessings are extended to your direct family. So notice, if you pray in patriarch and matriarch, mm-hmm. this goes down all the way to your family tree, all the way down to your direct family, just like it says in Exodus 20 and 32. Mm-hmm. The chaplet of St. Michael is a powerful way to call upon St. Michael the Archangel, along with the nine choirs of angels, especially in the acts of spiritual warfare. This powerful chapel is designed to call upon St. Michael and all the nine choirs of angels to engage battle with you or to engage in battle with you. Yeah. I remember we were um, a couple of years ago, we were over at a Liber Crystal mm-hmm. conference. Father mm-hmm. Ripperger was going to give some lectures, Dan oh, yes. and Kyle Clement. And all of a sudden, all the technology shuts mm-hmm. down. Everything mm-hmm. shuts down. Yes. I was in Denver. When yeah, we were Denver. In Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden... Uh, the father tells Dan, he says, start the start the chapter of St. Michael. Dan takes all of us to the corner. All the, the lay people started praying the chapter to St. Michael the Archangel. As soon as we finished, all the lights came on. All the computers came on. Jesus 911. Hey, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, pagan rituals, how dangerous they are. We're here for a holy pause. Our lady weather. Hola, por no
We are back. Jesus 911 with Jesse and Anita. Friday's show, TGIF. Thank God I'm forgiven. Yes. And we're talking about all things Catholic. Yep. Right? And this is our spiritual warfare show. So what are we talking about now, sweetie? We're talking about in the danger of indigenous pagan rituals. Yes. Remember, demon, uh, I mean, uh, indigenous Indians are polytheists. What does mm-hmm. that mean? They worship many gods. We could and, say many demons. Yeah. <laughs> many, many gods, lowercase <laughs> g, because St. Paul's called lowercase g, the He's god of this world. <laughs> so uh, Psalm 95 says the um, the gods, lowercase g, of the Gentiles mm-hmm. are demons. Mm-hmm. And there are many exorcists have warned us of the rise in demonic activity following the indigenous pagan rituals. Uh, with exorcists now starting to see harmful results in children... Perhaps parents will begin to demand more from their schools. There's a picture here which is very problematic. It has Pope Francis. He's receiving a ritual feather from an indigenous Indian elder in Quebec City, Canada. Hmm. July 27, 2002, on the day he participated in a smudging ceremony. Hmm. A smudging ceremony has nothing to do with the Catholic Church, with sacramental grace, uh, with the actual grace. It has nothing to do with the Catholic religion. As I look at the picture, the Pope does look a little bit frightened because there's an indigenous Indian elder who's handing him something. looks like a red purse or something. But this indigenous Indian elder, he's, you know, he's dressed with his... Uh, his, 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 his he has pe- a headdress with feathers, but they look they like... They look like snakes. snakes. It looks yeah. like Medusa... Uh, the snakehead. Snakes. Exactly. Small snakes coming from the center of the, the head. And, and so you could see the Pope is looking at him. The Pope looks a little afraid yeah. at this guy with a... For he- sure concerned. <laughs> yeah. For his soul, I'm sure. I think the Holy Spirit is telling him, no, 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 this said, is what, not right. The Holy Spirit is telling him, what are you doing? doing? What are what you are doing? doing? Yeah. Let me define what smudging is, and then we'll get into the yeah. article. Mm-hmm. A smudging ceremony is a ritual of burning plant resins and herbs in a shell or a clay bowl, while intentions and prayers are called forth. For centuries, Native American and indigenous cultures have practiced smudging rituals to clear away negative energy. <laughs> that means demons. To invite in peace and harmony for individuals or environments. The smoke from the herbs and the plant resins are fanned using a feather or a hand and directed like a spiritual cleansing bath surrounding the person or the space. The purpose of this cleansing ritual is, is to clear away anxieties, sadness, impurities, dark thoughts, or unwanted energies that may have attached themselves to a space or an individual. So notice they're trying to get rid of demons by invoking other demons. Mm-hmm. And you know how that happens? Uh, it happens because... If you have inferior demons that are harassing you and you do these pagan rituals, you'll get stronger demons that'll come and drive off these inferior demons. So you're going to feel good for a time. Then you're going to feel worse because Mm -hmm. now you've invoked more powerful demons to get rid of these inferior demons. Mm -hmm. So smudging is most often performed before or as part of a ceremony to clear the environment and the people from certain thoughts or feelings that will not serve the highest good in themselves. For this reason, it is important to set a clear intention while smudging. <laughs> as the smudging ceremonies practice, the smoke rises and so do the prayers to Mother Earth. There it is. 
It's a Mother Earth and Father Sky uh, pagan, you know, pagan invocation. There it is. Mm-hmm. So it, it it tells us that who they're praying to: Mother Earth and Father Sky, to the sun and the moon, to the plants, the animals, and the water. The burning of the sacred plants, sage, satyr, sweetgrass, and Palo Santo, to name a few, support this the connection to the sacred realms between the earth and spirit. Through this connect to spirit, connecting to what spirit? Mm-hmm. Demons. Yeah. The smoke bath lifts negative feelings and energy and creates an opening for prayers and intentions to be heard, therefore bringing positive intention into practice. So, yeah, this is this is a, yeah. a ceremony to Mother Earth. Yeah. They call Mother Earth Gaia. Gaia. That's what, they, that's what the mm. Indians call Mother Earth. Yeah. Well, what is Family Life International? They said, although elements of paganism have been creeping into various parishes and dioceses for some time, the blatant idolatry on display during the 2019 Amazon Synodal, um, uh, Synodal uh, excuse me, Amazon Synod really opened the floodgates. Since that time, faithful Catholics in the West have been inundated in indigenous, indigenous emblems, prayers, and rituals in what appears to be an attempt to change the church's very identity. But Cardinal Burke has something to say yeah, about that. Yeah, Cardinal Burke said diabolical forces enter St. Peter's Basilica through Pachamama idolatry. And who was a Pachamama idolatry? It's an idol. An idol was introduced into St. Peter's Basilica, the figure of demonic force, said the Cardinal. So you can look at that in LifeSite News, <laughs> where Cardinal Burke talks about it in more in depth. So in Australia, that trend is quite, is quite evident. And the focus on Aboriginal culture, which is being promoted politically and in the corporate world, is being mirrored by the church. When too much attention is given to another form of spirituality, there is always a risk that the preeminence of the Catholic Church will be overlooked. However, that is not the extent of the problems facing an institution that is starting to view pagan ceremonies as interchangeable with its own rituals. That's that's yeah. a, a real problem here. It is. It is. What happened ever since the Doc Vatican document came out, which is called on ecumenism, that document has been uh, has been has opened up a can of worms in the Catholic Church, because just like the article said, now mm-hmm. we're seeing that a lot of these pagan religions. There's a risk of them being given the preeminence of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. We we saw that. I mean, you could look at pictures, and there is painful to look at. Pope John Paul II engaging in the Assisi Conference, where he's pay, praying with a, a lot of pagan religions inside of a Catholic church, and they're all praying next to each other to their mm-hmm. own gods. Yeah, uh, you know, like they're all equals, like they're all <laughs> praying like. Okay, well, you know, it's all goes to the same place. No, it doesn't. And you also have, I remember, uh, it was the Dalai Lama that took a a statue of the Buddha and put it on top of a tabernacle. You can look at that picture. It's on the Internet. It's very painful to see that. Pope John Paul II saw that and allowed that to happen. You also see Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul II with indigenous Indian headdresses in some of these pagan ceremonies. Just, uh, I guess, trying to build bridges. That's not the way you build bridges. No. That, that's mm-hmm. what, by the way, that's why we have the sacrament of confession, because I have no doubt that they confess those sins. Uh, that's a violation of the first commandment. Yeah. And now... But now, but they have now lingering effects for because they submitted to mm-hmm. that. 
Yeah, they personally probably, <laughs> you know, went to confession for that. What about all the people that had saw that? Oh, okay, the Pope does it, then it's okay. Yeah. It's okay for syncretism, right? Well, what, ha- what happened there is now they've opened the door to yeah, demons the door. Into the, to the mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Because they're the popes. They have the yeah. keys of the key to the kingdom of heaven. They, actions like that, it, it's like, for example, let me give you an, a micro example. You get a Ouija board, you go home and you start praying the Ouija board in your room. Yeah. And guess what? Everybody in the house is yeah. going to be effective. Say, mm-hmm. well, not me. It's my sister praying the Ouija board in her bedroom mm-hmm. and her door's closed. Mm-hmm. These evil spirits can go through walls and under, yeah. you know, under the door. They're going right. to affect everybody in the everybody, house. Everybody, especially if they're living in mortal sin. Okay, so this is the same thing as yes. a Ouija board on a macro level. Yeah. When a pope starts flirting with these these this, in, these syncretism, pagan, pagan mm-hmm. practices, mm-hmm. And participating in them, or at least allowing them to be ha- occur in his presence, yep. this is opening the doors to demons to come into the Catholic Church at large. Right. This right. is the danger of this. Right. We continue with the article. It says, FLI, Family Life International, sought counsel from that group of experts who saw... Oh, oh you didn't... You didn't okay, yeah. Many, including Family Life International, have expressed concern about the spiritual consequences of participation in indigenous rituals. That's what mm-hmm. I just said. Given that a non-Christian ritual, by its very nature, invokes spirits other... That's what I just said. Yeah. Other than that of the mm-hmm. one true God. That is, it invokes demons. Mm-hmm. It seems implausible that, that there would be no evidence of spiritual bondage or oppression among its participants. FLI sought counsel from, from that group of experts who see the devastation of spiritual warfare on a daily basis church-appointed exorcist. What they revealed confirmed our worst suspicions. Yeah, our exorcist, Father John Rizzo, who was a former exorcist of the Diocese of Paramata, has had years of experience in delivering unfortunate souls from demonic attack. In the two weeks before he spoke to FLI, Father Rizzo had been contacted by three families whose children are at two different schools each family wanted his assistance because a child was exhibiting disturbing symptoms that the parents believe are linked to the indigenous smoking ceremonies. Father Rizzo told Family Life International that he has seen, quote, unpleasant consequences, un, end quote, from children attending smoking ceremonies. Children have become irritable after being involved in such situations. This is what he's discovered after he's, uh, the parents have come to him. Students at some schools are forced to walk through the smoke against their will. Mm. So there's kids that know that this is wrong, and they're forced. And the teachers are making them do yeah. it. How, how would they like it if we brought Catholicism and forced it on them? And baptized and, the pagan yeah, kids. Baptized, yeah, would they like it? Oh, yeah. no, they're hue and cry. Sprinkle holy That's water on right. everybody. That's right, yeah. So let me continue. Their well-informed Catholic consciences make them feel uncomfortable. See, some of those kids that, that are well-formed, they know that it's wrong. The priest said that he has been seeing a certain moodiness and a type of fear that is hard to understand. Thankfully, he has found that minor exorcisms, which can be prayed by any priest, are proving effective in liberating the children. He says, I particularly use the exorcism prayers from the traditional rite of baptism, he said. I recite them in Latin first and translate afterwards into English. The mother of one of the children, Jane, not her real name, opened up the Family Life International about her family's experience. Mm -hmm. She said this, my son, 
was attending a Catholic school where smoking ceremonies there you go. were being performed quite frequently. He had also been exposed to regular smoking ceremonies at the public school that he previously attended. Looks like time for homeschooling. Yep. As time went by, <laughs> my son's health declined and he began to suffer from anxiety. For three years, Jane took her son to visit various medical professionals who were unable to diagnose his problem. All they could offer was medication. There you go. To, medication. Medicate them. Dope medicate them. Up. them. Dope them up. up. To help him with his symptoms. But there was no cure. Things then escalated to the point where, out of fear, the boy wasn't able to sleep. My son is naturally quiet, and he was at first unable to explain the reason for his inability to sleep. He eventually told us, I, "We'll hold it right there." Yeah, we'll hold so, it right so now. Yeah, here. a mom is sharing her story about her son went to a Catholic school in the public school. Being diabolically afflicted. Let's call it what it yeah. is. Yeah, forced to participate in smoking ceremonies. Forced. We'll be right back. Yeah, use nine one one with Jesse and Anita. Virgin, most powerful, pray for us. Stay with us. St. Father Beal, pray for us. Pray for us. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. us. Patron saint of the media. That's who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a chance to ever just sit down and watch his uh, videos, you should. God's, he's just a... Uh, just. He was the greatest teacher yeah, of the 20th century, bar none. Lots of wisdom. Lots yeah. of wisdom. By the way, he had a PhD in Thomistic philosophy. If you want to know mm-hmm. why, why he was so smart, he was a... Doc, he kind of had yeah. like a poetic type of presentation, didn't he? Yeah, I just loved it. For, he had a, first of all, he, he had a good mechanism to 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 project. The, yeah. He just he just had a good delivery system. Yeah. Then he was a Thomist philosopher, mm-hmm. so he was uber smart. He read the right yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. We're talking about the way it, uh, several exorcists are warning us of the rise in demonic activity. Because in Catholic and public schools, they're mm-hmm. they're doing these smoking indigenous pagan rituals, in, indigenous Indian practices. Yep. A mother shares about her son's problem for three years. She says this. Her name is Jane. My son is naturally quiet, and he was at first unable to explain the reason for his inability to sleep. He eventually told us he he told us that about a week before, he had been visited in the night by a shadowy figure, which screamed at him. And pinned him down to the bed. Classic demonic oppression. Mm -hmm. When my son started to pray, the figure went away. That's the Mm -hmm. way it works. Although it didn't return, the boy was terrified that it would come back and ask his mother to pray the rosary with him in his room before bed. Good practice. The whole family was losing sleep by this time as the boy was too afraid to be left alone at night. When Jane's son told her about the sleep paralysis, we call that demonic uh, oppression. Mm Mm-hmm. Physical or, physical or mental attacks, diabolic obsession, mental attacks. She feared that there was a supernatural cause to her son's problems and contacted Father Rizzo, the exorcist. After lengthy questioning, Father Rizzo determined that the boy was suffering from a minor demonic attack. The priest heard the boy's confession and administered Holy Communion and prayed prayers of deliverance over the boy. I wish every priest would do that. Mm-hmm. He immediately felt better, and that night, and that and that night had what he described at his as his best Night's night sleep, sleep ever. Mm. Wow! Jane said he started to wear a scapular more faithfully and is now in comp- now is now complete 
and and now there's complete peace in her home. See that? See the the the. See what happened here? They were a prayerful family. It seems like this is a family that knew their faith. This kid knew that to pray, this this entity would leave. Mm-hmm. They would leave. This demon would leave. And that's what happened, although I'm sure he continued feeling harassment. And it, and, and it took the intervention of the parents. Just imagine uh, people, uh, many people, many homes that don't pray. Hmm. What would they do? They just, they just, they just live, live with it, tor- live tormented with it, by tormented. demons. Yep. And you mm. can see, they'll tell you when you talk to them they'll personally. They'll sedate themselves. Yeah, they'll sedate <laughs> themselves with alcohol, aspirin, yep. drugs, mm-hmm. and they just live tormented Alternative by demons. Alternative methods instead of using yeah. going back to prayer. So there's another exorcist who talked uh, about this, uh, another case. Yep. It's uh, uh, another exorcist contacted. Yeah, another exorcist contacted the, the Family Life International also expressed his concerns about the rituals. Father Michael Shodbolt, exorcist for the Diocese of Melbourne, said that while he hadn't been approached by anyone needing deliverance after taking part in a smoking ceremony, he is concerned about their potential for harm. He says, many, many come to me because they are adversely affected after involvement in tarot cards and casting spells, and the smoking ceremonies are akin to this. Mm. It is something I worry about, said Father Shadbolt. These rituals are against the first commandment, and I have doubts about the consequences of calling on ancestral spirits in rituals like the smoking ceremony and the welcome ceremony. It's an open question and really needs to be investigated. Father Rizzo also believes the rituals violate the first commandment, specifically singling out the immersion, quote-unquote, experiences which are growing in popularity among Catholic schools. According to Father Rizzo, it is idolatry and superstition. This is the worst commandment to violate, right? (laughs) And to think (laughs) that Pope Francis... To think. And Canadian bishops take part in pagan smudging rituals invoking sacred circle of spirits. I already defined to you what smudging was. Yeah. Immersions involve taking groups of teachers and our school children to aboriginal sacred sites so that the traditional culture and spirituality can be experienced. Mm. Their proponents say that the function of immersions is to feel the deep spirit of the land (laughs) and to immerse the children's spirits into the land. Again, the practice of smudging, as St. Paul says in 1 Timothy Mm -hmm. 4, verse 1, it is nothing else other than the doctrine of demons. Mm -hmm. It is the doctrine of demons this is a superstitious practice mm-hmm. which offends God. The first commandment its the worst commandment to mm-hmm. break of all ten. Right. Uh, this, that's what they do, the indoctrination of these kids in public schools. Just like they're indoctrinating with LGBTQ, LMNOP. And, but the, do- yeah. the, the, the article even said that some Catholic schools are doing it. Yeah. Oh. Immersions are a feather, or excuse me, a feather, a feature of the controversial. <laughs> thinking of his headdress. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of his headdress, of his snake headdress, yes. of his Medusa headdress. <sighs> Immersions are a feature of the controversial Fire Carriers program, which runs in more than a hundred Catholic schools around Victoria, Canada. Wow, 
fire carriers was designed to indo- there it is to indoctrinate children with aboriginal history culture and spirituality and to promote reconciliation mm-hmm. but operates to the detriment of their christian formation under the guise of promoting racial harmony it, it is, here it is it undermines the catholic faith while turning children into political and eco activists yep. like a greta mm-hmm. thunberg and they're going to yeah. they want a thousand greta thunbergs yep according to the guidelines given on the sandhurst diocese website when a school joins the program it signs a covenant promising to respect the aboriginal people's spiritual connection to mother earth through the dreaming and children are expected to participate, expected to participate wow. in activities such as consulting with Aboriginal people to enrich their spirituality, honoring the Aboriginal significant days through prayer, and performing Aboriginal rituals and mass and prayer. By the um, way, let me just make a comment here. Mm, I, I lay this blame directly at the feet of Pope Francis, yes. and I say this respectfully. He's opened the door to these demonic practices by his example at the Mm -hmm. Pachamama. Mm -hmm. I also blame the Vatican II document on ecumenism, which caused intellectual heartburn in the minds of many Orthodox prelates at the Council, Mm -hmm. and which today continues Mm -hmm. uh, to to give us bad fruit. Mm -hmm. Yes, bad fruit. And all of these activities pose a grave spiritual danger to the children and teachers participating in them. At the very least, the entire Aboriginal programming uh, cultivates religious indifferentism by presenting indigenous spirituality as equal to or even superior to the Catholic faith. That's the danger right there. There it is. Right there. Yep. Equal to or even superior to the Catholic faith. They're doing this on purpose. Yep, 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 yep. But as the concerned priests mentioned here have pointed out, that is only one of the dangers posed by involvement in pagan spirituality. Priests outside Australia are also seeing spiritual fallout after people have engaged in smoking ceremonies and other pagan rituals. The Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother, based in the U.S., guess who it is, is seeing similar results to Father Rizzo. The group offers deliverance, exorcism, and other spiritual help in the Diocese of Colorado. Archdiocese. Archdiocese of Colorado, getting closer, and is also known as the DeLorean Fathers. The well-known exorcist, Father Chad Ripperger, is a member of this group. That's in, a response to, in response to a request, a representative of the Society of the DeLorean Fathers told FLI that they've come across, and that would be Kyle Clement, by the way, he's a, mm. he's a case yeah. facilitator, they they have come across multiple instances of spiritual harm resulting from smoking ceremonies and other rituals used by indigenous people of the United States, as well as from those of other cultures. The identical experiences of exorcists across two continents is not surprising, since a smoking ceremony performs a similar function in many indigenous religions, as well as in witchcraft. Its role is to clear an area of negative spirits or negative energy, and good spirits mm-hmm. are frequently invoked in the same ritual. Oh let me just, d- d- let me interpret this. You get rid of inferior demons by invoking superior demons. The superior demons give you some respite, some rest and tranquility for a while, and then it gets worse. Mm-hmm. One commentator describes smoking ceremonies as a formal a- as formal acts of super- superstition. 
Louis Nufke writes that, quote, to attempt to spiritually purify a person or place outside the, the order of, of the grace established by Christ and his church in the sacrament and the sacred rites of Catholicism constitutes not only the sign of superstition, the sin, sin. The sin of superstition, but when performing a consecrated church would also entail grave sacrilege. What a good comment. Yeah. It is scandal- scandalous that these rituals are becoming commonplace in Catholic schools, and it points to the improvised formation of both children and adults. Aboriginal spirituality, or indeed any alternative philosophy, becomes attractive in the absence of the true religion which Catholic schools are meant to be teaching. While some parents may not care, there are many parents who simply don't realize that their children are being exposed to ongoing syn- syncretism and indoctrination within the Catholic school system. With exorcists now starting to see harmful results in children, perhaps parents will begin to demand more from their schools. I think that's what's happening right now. People are going to the board meetings. Mm-hmm. We must wonder what it will take for our bishops to at least be convinced that they're to at last be convinced, to at last be convinced that the corrupted inculturation being implemented is a dangerous spiritual experiment that never should have been adopted by the Catholic Church. The, yes. You know what? The, you know what this article tells me. It tells me that many of our bishops see this happening in their diocese, and they know this occult problem is occurring yeah. in their Catholic schools in their diocese. They're either malformed modernists, Masons, or Marxists, or all three. Or and all look three, in the other way. <laughs> or, and all three of these groups are sons of Satan. Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be talking about. Us. Uh, about uh, the rise of the Antichrist. The cause of our joy gives us hope. Your beauty and your grace are the bright new dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. you hold us in your arms. Thank you, Mother Mary. Catholics, pick up your rosaries. Those are your battle beads. And remember that we win. Yes. It doesn't matter what happens to yesterday, today, or tomorrow. We know that at the end, when it's all said and done, we win. And but continue, you, you must persevere to the end. Yeah, continue praying the chaplet of St. Michael or start if you haven't started. Yeah, It's a good practice. I started that this year, and um, that's just one of my prayers I pray, along with all the others. Let me just mention in the last segment uh, that a, a bishop that's allowing the smudging or the smoking ceremonies to happen in his mm-hmm. diocese, He's being, a, he's being derelict in his duty. Mm-hmm. It remind me of uh, John Kerry, dereliction of duty. <laughs> Why? Because the bishop's called to teach, govern, and sanctify. And if these occult practices are happening in your diocese, you're failing at your job as a bishop, and your exit interview with our Lord Jesus Christ will not bode well for you. Let's move on well, now. Remember, a lot of them don't realize that they are the, the exorcists of, of the, the diocese. diocese. Absolutely. And... Um, so, there's an article written by Michael Youssef. He's a Protestant Egyptian pastor. He's also a, a, a best-selling author in the Protestant world. He's also a cultural anthropologist. The article's called Satan, Satan Reading, Reading World for Antichrist and with Rise in Demonic Content, Authoritarian Regimes. Everything he said in this article tracks with my experience as a Catholic. He's, uh, he's right on. Yeah. This is not Protestant theology. This is just New Testament theology here. Right. So Michael Youssef says, I'm not an end-time preacher, the 73-year-old Egyptian-American pastor told the Christian Post during an interview on Tuesday. Instead, Youssef, in his new book, Is the End Near, he says, 
which walks which walks Christians through Jesus's depictions of the biblical end times in the Gospel of Matthew, which is a very Catholic thing to do, by the way, mm-hmm. is merely pointing out what many have already chronicled, namely the rise in demonic content in popular culture and an increase in the frequency of global catastrophes. What are some of the things that he documents, Anita? He documents popular shows like TV's Lucifer and the Little Demon, said Yusuf. Underscore, he says, underscore a common theme of acceptance and humanization of the biblical Antichrist figure referenced in the book of Revelation. Little Demon, a Disney-owned animated program, features a woman who is impregnated by Satan and gives birth to an Antichrist daughter. The show contains nudity, nudity, violence, and witchcraft. We did do a show on that a couple of weeks ago, so you want to maybe look back on that. The series has earned warnings from pastors and condemnation from groups like One Million Moms, which said, The show makes light of hell and the dangers of demonic realm. Yusuf called such programming content an example of how secular media plays a major role in practicing a form of indoctrination when it comes to truth-telling. The devil has been called by many holy Catholic priests the devil's tabernacle. I've heard Father Groeschel Mm -hmm. say that, Father Bill Casey Mm -hmm. say that, Father John Carapi. Again, the, 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 the television, is, if it controls you, it could be like the devil's tabernacle. Yes. You just stay there and just stare at it like a mind-numb robot for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Satan yep. wants. So many called journalists are saying that objectivity is really a passe among journalists and broadcasters, that there ought to be no objectivity he said, so they're already sanctifying and praising subjectivity so that when the Antichrist comes, they're all going to be ready. The media is playing a major role in all of that. So let me, um, let me yeah, break down what Yusuf yeah. just said. Subjectivity means moral relativism. There is no truth. Objectivity is Catholicism. There is truth, starting with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The revelation of his gospel uh, as proclaimed but through his church. Mm-hmm. So that's the battle that we find ourselves in. Those that believe in truth and those that believe in relativism, that there is no truth. Yusuf says, if anybody had doubts about that, the last six years should have cured us of that doubt. He compared the current state of the media to the high-profile push for mass vaccinations during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. He said, Yusuf said this, you see the sheep... We've got a sheep mentality, Yusuf mm-hmm. said. When I see the motivation in the hearts of people, oh yeah, yeah, the Antichrist is good for us, just like the vaccine is good for us, close quote. Mm-hmm. Let me say something about what Yusuf <laughs> just said right there. He's absolutely right because we've seen it the last couple of years that most Americans are sheeple. Mm-hmm. Most Americans won't push back. Most Americans will drink the Kool-Aid if the government orders us. These sheeple will also step inside the boxcar and go to the location, uh, go to a a safe place if ordered by the government. We've seen that the last two years. Uh, Only about half the country would Mm -hmm. probably push back. Right, right. 50%. What else did Yusuf say? He then clarified, I'm not against vaccine, but I'm just saying we've all got to fall in line. Not 
all, of course, because some of us are going to stand up and say, absolutely not. The global COVID shutdown, such as the harsh restrictions implemented in Australia, where Yusuf lived and was ordained, he said, taught us how easily and how quickly some authoritarian power rises in democracies. The pastor said, as authoritarian regimes are rising, even the West democracies, you see this is Satan's way of preparing the world for the Antichrist, he to- added. To- by the way, totally agree with this Protestant yep. pastor. Yep, yep. He- Absolutely yep. tracking with some of the major thinkers in the Catholic Church that have been talking yep. about the Antichrist. Yep. He is spot on. I Conti- think that's what we're dealing with here in the United States, the authoritarian re- yeah. regimes in, you know, in the White House right now. Which they will, are. Which will, give the, will prepare the word for the Antichrist. And, so, and some states, So like not California. only is this Protestant mm-hmm. saying that, who I would yep. just... I look at the Catholic thinkers. There's at least yes. six Catholic giants that are saying mm-hmm. exactly yeah. the same thing, but they're successors of yeah. the apostles. So this Protestant just happened to get it right on this one. Yeah. Joseph's books focus on six signs explicitly mentioned by Jesus in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, which include the destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman army in 70 AD and the time just before Jesus' return. While he acknowledges the world has always had earthquakes, famines, and storms, Yusuf said the difference is that now they're they're coming faster and faster. That's an interesting point because yes. a lot of people dismiss. They'll say, well, you guys are talking about in prophecy that Jesus said there's going to be earthquakes, famines, and storms. Mm-hmm. There's always been earthquakes, famines, and storms, and that's true. But he made a point there that mm-hmm. it just it just pricked my conscience. He says the yeah. difference is now they're coming faster and faster. Yeah. That's interesting right yeah. there that's a, yeah. that's a good point that he did teach yeah. me something there go yeah. ahead using his expertise as a trained anthropologist Yusuf said after studying these those passages he became convinced that what jesus is talking about those days before the return of the son of man are the days we're living in i would have to agree yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you I the reason so, is is because the legalization of homosexual marriage by the supreme court this is the, this is the the days of Noah yeah. all over again. Yeah. Now he says, now have these things happened before? Sure, he added. But imagine that our Lord gives us of labor pains of a pregnant woman. Is that when the labor pains start coming in close intervals? You better get ready for the big event. He said one of those those signs mentioned in the Bible is a great falling away. Mm-hmm. That's called an apostasy. I think it's happening right now. He says, from the faith mentioned in Matthew 24, 10, a trend Yusuf believes to be currently underway. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. By the way, I agree that we're in the great mm-hmm. apostasy right now, and I can sit from a Catholic yeah. point of view, the one true church. We have less Catholics attending Mass than at any other time in, human, in U.S. history. We have less young men entering seminary than mm-hmm. at any other time in human history. We have more Catholic churches closing faster right now around the world than at any other time in human history. Mm-hmm. So I can prove... Uh, objectively that we are in the great apostasy just by Catholic polling that gives you all this data. Yusuf pointed to a study from last October which found up to 70% of evangelicals believe there are many ways to God mm-hmm. rather than exclusively through faith in his son Jesus Christ just as Jesus said in John fourteen 6 on the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is not talking about the world falling away because the world doesn't know him, said Yusuf. This is the falling away of Christians of people who claim to be believers. Yusuf said, 
a total desertion of, of or departure from one's faith is underway just not in America, but in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and other Western countries. But even as more Christians stay home on Sundays, Yusuf said, here's something interesting, and I know this to be true. Thousands of Muslims are coming to Christ in the Arabic world, where Yusuf, his, his television program, reaches up to 195 million homes with his Arabic TV station. Wow. This is an indication to me, he says, that the Lord is gathering his elect. Yusuf said he's bringing his faithful ones together in preparation of his return. By the way, yeah. another great mind in, 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 uh, is uh, Father uh, Zakaria Botros. Mm-hmm. He also reaches, uh, I forget how many millions a week. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the show. He's, re- he's, he's converting according to... Uh, according to the Arabic newspaper and, and television studio, mm-hmm. Al Jazeera, he's converting about 6 million Muslims to Christianity every single year. Yeah, and he says, uh, Yosef continues to say, we need to train people how to be faithful in the midst of difficulties, he said. Here in America, this is, a, this is new, to, new to us as much as we should resist it. We should also be prepared as the onslaught comes. How are we going to stand? It's our faith in Christ. Amen. Be Christ-centered. And that's the test. Be, and, and be sure of yourself and, and bring people along with you. Amen. We, what does St. Father Pio tell us? It's yeah. his, it's his, uh, his Memorial Day. Memorial Day. It says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Yes. Well, well that's awesome. A, saint. That's a wrap, my brothers and sisters. My, uh, and, and there's a couple things that we and he battled with the demons. Absolutely. <laughs> few, things we could, few things we could do on a practical level. Know yeah. your Catholic faith. Yeah. You cannot live your faith if you do not know it. And you cannot share with others what you do not first, first make, make your, your own. own. Number so, two, come on. Live, live your Catholic faith. Your Catholic faith is a public thing. It is not meant to be left behind when you leave your home. And number three, spread your Catholic faith. Jesus Christ wants us to bring the whole world into captivity to the truth. And the truth is Jesus himself, who is the way and the truth and the life. That's John a wrap. That's a wrap, family. Up next, Jeremy Chuda, hands on apologetics. As for us, we are EOW. End of watch. And we will be in Dallas at a pro life event. Just look on our website. If you're anywhere near Dallas, we'd like to see just, you there. Yes, yeah, see us there. Pro life event tomorrow. Family, we love you. God bless you. Make sure before you die, as, as a good football, baseball, basketball coach will say, leave it all out on the field. Leave it. <laughs> You have nothing to lose. And everything to gain. And everything to Every, gain. Heaven to gain. Yep. Hey, remember, we serve a 12-star Pascal's general. Pascal's wager. We serve a 12-star <laughs> general. Mary the Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. St. Father yes. Peel, pray for us. Venerable Father, Fulton Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. Patron Saint of Media.